welcome to the AEW Match Guide podcast, where we deep dive into the best matches in AEW history. Brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network and your host, Sam Brown. Yes, hello and welcome to the AEW Match Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brown. Thank you for joining me. Every week, alongside a special guest, I take an in-depth look at one of the best matches in AEW history taken from the definitive AEW match guide as ranked by over 30 wrestling commentators from around the internet wrestling community. If you enjoy the show today, you can subscribe and rate it on your podcast app of choice and make sure you check out all of the other great shows on the Social Suplex podcast network that cover all aspects of the world of pro wrestling. My guest for today is a writer for my old website, Wrestling Headlines, Lords of Pain, Joey G. And we are looking at Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet from Dynamite on the 3rd of March, 2021. How are you going today, Joey? Oh, Sam, I'm doing wonderful, my friend. It's been a uh, very, very exciting lead up and a beautiful intro to get us started on our chats today. I'm so happy to be on this podcast. I was just telling you before we started, like, I think you guys have been doing some great analysis and deep dives on the show. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this one today. Oh, cheers, mate. You're, you're too kind. You're too kind. I appreciate it. Now, as as I do for all of my guests here on the, the Match Guide podcast, Joey, for the people who don't know you out there, I'm curious, how did you get interested in AEW? Well, you know, I reinvigorated my wrestling fandom back in about 2014. And to keep a long story short, uh, I started writing for some online publications around 2015, 2016. And during that time, I finally was able to branch out and start watching wrestling that was non-WWE related, like really finding my deep dive, the niche of like New Japan, even old school, all Japan, Ring of Honor. And I saw these guys, these group um, that was, you know, igniting the conversation threads all over the place, which was Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and the Elite. So I started watching these guys and started watching these matchups, especially I think the first Omega matchup I ever watched to even get this guy on my radar was his um, Wrestle Kingdom match against Okada. Obviously, that classic one at 11 and going, wow, this is something different. This is something unique. And like this kind of excites me in a different way that WWE had not been doing in a while. So like became a deep rooted fan there and watching them slowly morph and, you know, announce all in and build this thing up to the point where when the company was announced, like I was like, this is going to be my main squeeze. And I even uh, told our boss over at Wrestling Headlines that I would happily start covering this beat because I wanted to be uh, covering this promotion from the ground up and seeing where they took off. So I've been an AEW fan since the very beginning, since prior to the promotion beginning, and uh, I will continue to be an AEW fan uh, as as time goes on because I think that they have proven that they are uh, as entertaining as they promised. It's interesting as well. You you brought up how you covered this for wrestling headlines uh and Mm. and also written for other websites around the iwc being a writer on one of those sites of course one of the biggest drivers of of what you're doing and what you you're looking at is how many clicks things get Mm -hmm. and i know from myself from writing sometimes you you really want to write about something that's outside of wwe because of course wwe is the monolith in in pro wrestling that gets it drives the majority of traffic to any of these websites but obviously if you're into other things it's it's fun to try and write about those things particularly you know from my point from a columnist perspective when you're giving your opinion you sometimes want to talk about these things that uh, are really 
interesting but aren't necessarily in the WWE. And the guys from the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young yeah. Bucks, Cody Rhodes, for a long time, they were the only thing that would draw outside of WWE. They would draw, Yeah, like, 100. You could write mm. something about, like, Okada Tanahashi. You could write something about, um, you know, as you said, like, All Japan or, or something else that's going on. Uh, and thankfully, it does seem like more things are getting through the bubble these days, uh, you know, in 2022. But certainly, you know, in the late... 2010s um when i was writing as well it was basically if you wanted people to look at your stuff it was wwe or these guys mm-hmm. but that just shows how you know you've got things like ring of honor you've got impact big names companies with a lot of money behind them but it was these guys that were were drawing attention and getting that that sort of cultural cachet if you will 100 percent agree you know it was a kind of a mindset i think what i was trying to say before was that they've earned my trust because as I re, you know, fell in love with wrestling about back in 2014, which was mainly due because of the network launching. And I was like, oh, I have access to watch all this old wrestling, even WCW, which I was a WCW kid. Like I have access to watch all this old stuff. So I was like, that's cool. I'll go back and watch the stuff that I like to watch as a kid. And then started watching the weekly product and started learning about these new characters and then revisiting. And like I fell down a deep WWE wormhole to a point where. I didn't want to watch anything else because in my mind, it was like the NFL and the XFL. Like, this is the company that's doing it professionally. Anything else is second tier. And I feel so silly saying that now because it's really not the case. Like, pro wrestling has never been that way. Like, you could stamp the WWE name on the product. It doesn't mean that people that don't work there are not still pretty, you know, exceptional at the job of pro wrestling. And that was a hard mindset. It's why I would never watch early days TNA. And now I'm patting myself on the back because I get to revisit all of these early day TNA stuff that are like really fucking wonderful. Like young AJ Styles, young Kazarian, uh, young Christian or younger Christian Cage, like all of this great, (laughs) great wrestling that I had missed out on. Um, And that was the thing of like this guy, Kenny Omega, I had heard of. And when I finally watched that Okada match, I mean, yes, you know, I I felt I dropped in at a very good time to learn about Kenny Omega, but still learning about it. I was like, my gosh, this guy has lived up to the height. This guy is a phenomenal storyteller. And this guy surrounded with his group of people are are looking at and displaying wrestling in a way that I had never seen before that I didn't know was possible. And I think as I fell back in love with WWE, you know, I was a big fan of guys like Cesaro um, or other like great workhorse guys where, you know, I think you fantasy book so much in your own mind that WWE kept constantly disappointing. I was like, they just seem like they don't want to take a chance. It said it seemed very safe to the point where it was so predictable, but not like the fun predictability you get, like when you go see an MCU movie. It was predictable to the point where it's like it felt lazy, and that just makes me tired and uninterested. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never felt that way about AEW. I've never, fe- I haven't felt that way about a lot of. And this isn't even to say that I'm like anti-WWE. I still Mm. enjoy watching the WWE product for what it is. Um, But the sensation, that feeling I get of the thing, the reason that I love covering this sport as a a journalist is uh, AEW really delivers on that. I feel like on all fronts. Absolutely. And this is a a really interesting match that you've picked to do um, because in many ways it's not 
the sort of thing they regularly do. It isn't a lane they've driven in a whole lot, but it's mm. something that they have been dabbling in every now and again. And and I think they they pulled off with varying degrees of success in this venture here. So we are, of course, talking about Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet from Dynamite on the 3rd of March, as I said before. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as we do here on the podcast, I'm going to give this match its flowers. Unfortunately, there's not very many. <laughs> Dave Meltzer did not rate this match. Um, so we don't have anything from Big Papa Dave. The guys at Cage Match have rated it 6.18 currently. Uh, I don't see that going higher or lower anytime soon. No, I think I think um, that's a moderately accurate rating for this matchup. I feel like uh, that lands right where it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and on the definitive match guide, when we put that together on in 2021, this came in 53rd, so it just missed the cutoff for the top 50 that we ended up publishing. Um, but it was just there. It did get a it did get a few votes, but a handful of votes, just not enough to to make the top 50. So I guess my question for you is. Of all the matches we could have done, why did you pick this one? Well, I think, you know, there is an excitement level sometimes to things that AEW does. And there's something about Shaquille O'Neal, you know, as a big fan of basketball, uh, there's something about this guy that is just, you just look at him and he just radiates charm. He radiates charisma. You know, he was one of those basketball stars where, He's a big dude, but there's a lot of big dudes in the NBA, but his personality was as big as he was and as dominant as he was on the court. Like, I understand why Hollywood was like, we need to give this guy his own movie. And then Steel came out and everyone said that was a terrible idea. Why are we giving this guy his own movie? (laughs) Um, There's a thing about Shaq where, you know, no, no matter what he does. Um, even in some of his outdated takes on the NBA as an analyst that he works for on NBA on TNT, um, the guy still has it. He has that it factor in a sense of, I want to watch what he does. I want to hear what he says, and I want to watch him squash some tiny fools in the ring. (laughs) So I think the reason I chose this matchup was because for a celebrity matchup in wrestling, we had just come off a pretty good one too with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Um, But I think that Shaq, perfectly lives in the type of big man mentality uh like both old school and new school uh that works for a wrestler like a guy his size you don't need to do much and i think that he did everything as good as he could have done it uh in the time allotted um to a point where i was thoroughly thoroughly entertained by this matchup you know this is a go home show with dynamite we're building up towards revolution we got this exploding barbed wire death match um this tag match potentially could have been on this show but they wanted to do a big tv rating which i believe they did uh you know break over a million for this episode and you know, opening the show, doing it live, like I think it could have been so easy for them to just tape this and then like, you know, cut and edit around it. And, you know, got uh, give credit to Cody on this one because it's a live match and they delivered. Like the fans mm-hmm. that were attending at Daly's Place uh, thought the match was great, just in sense of like, in terms of reaction. Mm-hmm. They hit all of their big spots. We got Shaq getting slammed. We got Shaq doing mm-hmm. power bombs. We got Shaq going through a table. Um, I think for what this was, they knocked they hit a home run. Now, is mm. this going to be like, could I walk you through spot by spot of the matchup? Like, oh, it was crazy when Shaq, you know, did a 450. Like, obviously, we're not getting any uh, su- super high end big moments here. But I-, I just thought this was such a fun time. Um, and it's nice every once in a while to remember in wrestling to have fun. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I was really excited when you picked this match because I think this match is an absolute blast. And going back and watching it for the first time, it was so fun to do. Uh, and 
It's it's interesting you mentioned Shaq. One of my questions in there is, and I think you've actually done this really perfectly, is mm. summed up what it is about Shaq. Because, you know, like I live in Australia and, and growing up in primary school, Australia is is influenced by America. A lot of our pop culture sure. is influenced by America. But certainly sport is not one of those areas. Mm-hmm. Basketball mm-hmm. is a niche sport in Australia. Baseball is is not something Australians have any interest in because we have a better version called cricket um (laughs) but we've got better versions of football as well to be honest rugby league and Mm. rugby union Mm -hmm. but (laughs) um but growing up in australia we knew who the bulls were because of course we knew who the well this is in the late 90s Mm. um of course we knew who the bulls were and we knew who Shaq was Right. Um, I didn't actually know anything about like how Shaq played, but I knew his name. I knew Shaquille O'Neal. I knew he played for the Magic, uh, yeah. and and that was like that's a pretty impressive thing that this is a guy who you know culturally crossed over in a land where you know the kids in a land where we don't really care about basketball. That's that that's, that's that, the that thing. Uh, yeah, that level of celebrity and that level of charisma and charm that he has because you know there's so many big men in the nba he is right. one of the big ones of course but yes he is more than just a big a big hunk of man <laughs> yeah no i agree i was actually going to ask you because i was excited because i know in australia basketball is not like a, as popular as it is in in many other countries because australia has got their niche of sports that they love cricket being one of them hey you cricket's know, like no that. niche sport man second no, biggest no, sport in the world <laughs> that's I, I mean uh niche in a that it's so that it's so that it's so popular that uh yeah. there's a there's americans that refuse to understand that there's more <laughs> sports than just in america but i'm happy i'm happy that you could sort of um you know unveil that there is uh, something about Shaq that did translate over mm. because Shaq, in terms of his basketball skill was very dominant because he's a big guy you know, like he goes in there, he works with his body. He destroyed many a backboards with like a very powerful slam. Um, but there are other big guys in the NBA. You know, there's put it this way. There are many giant Gonzalez's in the NBA. You know, <laughs> there's very few, uh, dare I say, like Vader's or Brock Lesnar's in the mm-hmm. NBA that can translate both in terms of physical basketball skill and on court or an off court charisma and things like mm-hmm. that. Like you, you wanted to see Shaq get on the microphone and cut a promo that's the other reason i really like this match build up is because that aew's you know with warner media and on tnt Shaq is promoting this match on nba on tnt mm. and it's just funny because you could tell you could tell it's one of those you know very wwe things where when they bring in a celebrity they give them a big skeleton script of everything they want the celebrity to do um tyson fury was a good example of that i was like this dude can talk but they're gonna probably make him say their mm. a to z wwe promo script Shaq on nba and T- tnt is just like he's just casually you know being like cody rhodes is a cupcake i'm gonna smash him like <laughs> you know this cody cody rhodes uh makes uh, this lakers team you know look like all stars and i hate this lakers team just like being able to riff like that and being so nat so natural at just understanding the fact that you're selling this match um is just great he also punches like a piece of plexiglass and he's like cody rhodes that'll be you and the other guys are like shaq you just punch plexiglass like calm down bro this isn't that big of a deal um all of this i'm like god this is just so dumb fun entertainment like this is 
this whole thing, I know this is a silly comparison, reminds me of like a Fast and the Furious movie. Like there, it's just all over the place. It doesn't have to seem real to me because it's fun. And again, I do think in this age, it is important to remember, like there are times I always refer to pro wrestling. I feel like I could talk about pro wrestling the same way like Michelangelo could talk about like a piece of art. Like, I feel like there is a way to talk about wrestling in a deeper sense on a more meaningful level. But at the, at the end of the day, there are points from like, this is entertainment. And this mm. is exactly what this match was. This was the yeah. most like sports entertainment feel that I think AEW had done at that time. Yeah. Um, now we are going to sort of walk through the build to this match a little bit. Um, I think it's fair to say it probably wasn't the cleanest of builds and for, for varying reasons, some of which oh, is yeah. beyond AEW's control. Uh, right. Not, you know, we'll go from the start. It, it did start on Dynamite um, back in 2020, actually. Um, there was a segment when Jade Cargill debuted. Very impressive look. Cutting off a Cody promo, uh, only for Brandy to run out and dropping that now infamous line, who told you it was open mic night, bitch? Um, <laughs> which has now become, I don't know, it became like sort of a signature for Brandy at some point. Oh, my gosh. It got um, memed very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was revealed in, in a video segment in the following weeks that Cody Rhodes and Brandy would have to answer to Jade and Shaq. So huge uh-huh. announcement there, of course, as we, we've already talked a lot about Shaq and, and his cultural cachet that he's got. This wasn't the first time that uh, he'd been involved in wrestling, of course. He'd, he'd been involved in the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. And mm-hmm. I know Big Show was really trying to get him to have a, a match at WrestleMania at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of the initial interactions and, and the idea of, of Jade and Shaq versus Cody and Brandy? Well, I thought, you know, like, I think because I'm so um, embedded into, like, the pro wrestling journalism, you know, like, having to have these updates for the site, like, we know that Shaq is coming in. It's being built up. We know backstage they're talking about bringing him in. And I thought Jade kills this, you know, opening promo. Like, she came out of nowhere. Um, I don't think anyone anticipated that Shaq's involvement with AEW was going to be in like this mixed tag type of setup. So I think Jade from the get-go shines right from the very beginning. And she mm. does like a very, very nice buildup of he is coming, dropping Shaq's name. And it's like, okay, this is the direction that they're going. So I think this thing started out very well. I do think the road to this eventual matchup gets very complicated. Um, and uh, we sort of lose some of the excitement to the build. Um which I think then goes away once Shaq makes that initial appearance and does that nice flex in his nice uh, uh, black tank top. I think it all, uh, the build lives up to that. Um, But, you know, there's also a lot of snags that they hit along the way. Like, Mm. obviously, I I really feel bad for Brandy in this situation because this was going to be a good program for her. She hasn't really been featured as a wrestler very much. Mm. You know, she did great work with the company as a CBO, and I know she was really trying to work her way and earn the fans' respect in terms of her in-ring stuff. Mm. But this is when she got pregnant, so she had to pull out from the match. And it sucks because this was a big program for her as well as just Mm. for Cody and for Shaq and for Jade. Yeah, uh, I do feel sorry for Brandy. Her run in AEW really's sort of been touched um, with with a, a sense of misfortune. Um, yeah, and, I would one hundred percent agree. Like she's a divisive character in the IWC, but I think she she has had a bad run of luck nonetheless. Yeah. And I do feel sorry for her. She initially was starting out with the Kong thing, the awesome Kong thing, and right. and turns out Kong really wasn't able to go at the level that they needed mm-hmm. and the level that Kong felt comfortable with. And so they had to pull the pin on that. And the the reaction, of course, to the Nightmare Collective wasn't wasn't great either. And then oh the pandemic gosh. hit. She wasn't she wasn't really wrestling throughout the pandemic. And then this was probably going to be her big 
moment um, of sort of getting back in the ring and, and getting back in front of a crowd and got pregnant. And of course, that's brilliant for them. They were obviously very happy for that to happen, but it's it's just not an opportune moment and opportune timing. And, and it's the same for this program, I guess. It did sort of halt the program and it was like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, like, almost like record scratch. Right, uh, yes. Thankfully, they they found Red Velvet, mm-hmm. who was not someone we'd seen previously on AEW TV, um, but she came in uh, as kind of billed as Brandy's protege, and she would come to, to Cody's aid, staring down Jade after Jade slapped Cody in one of their one of their many backstage programs. What did you think of Red Velvet's inclusion? I mean, I think Red Velvet was the best choice, and I think it kind of gets solidified because Red Velvet and Jade have very good chemistry, I believe, inside the ring. Like, besides this tag match, I think they've wrestled twice before. Both times it was one of, I think, Jade's better showings. Like, I think when you mesh very well with an opponent that knows how to take your offense, it creates that chemistry and that trust, and you could see that they both sort of felt that along the way, especially since these two kind of carry the load of the match mm. uh, going through. Like, the Shaq spots are great, but they are um, – you know, upon our rewatch, when I got ready to talk to you today, I realized how Shaq is maybe only involved about 30, 40 percent in the actual matchup. Like the mm. women are taking the blunt of the uh, of the time, which is exciting and a great spot for Red Velvet. And I thought she showed up and like cemented her spot in the division very much mm. for the matchup. So that's another reason I like this match. I think it was successful on all fronts. Like we got enough out of Shaq to be entertaining. Um, you know, Cody got to have his nice moments, but Red Velvet and Jade, I really feel like got the rub in a positive way. Seeing where we are now, you know, Jade is still this undefeated phenomenon in the women's division. You know, it's the first ever TBS champion and Red Velvet, and Red Velvet has had her moments. You know, she got to challenge Brit for the world title. She's gotten mm-hmm. to have some, uh, some marquee matches on TV. So I do think that this match was successful in trying to do the buildup of young stars or different mm. stars sense, which is another reason why I do like the match. Mm. Yeah. Uh, of course, the rest of the buildup happened across sort of like a hodgepodge of video packages um, showcasing Jade and Shaq and then Cody and Brandy and Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. some live segments on Dynamite, including the one-time only dentist waiting room, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. which sort of fell apart. Uh, there was probably a few too many things try to go on in that in that one segment. It's a um, shame we and, didn't get a, a, a full a full-on series of the dentist waiting room. Yeah, I mean, who, know, who knows yeah. what they could have done? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think it was for the best, given what actually happened. <laughs> the one they did. Uh, they, I think they had someone dark in the lead up to that that, that mm. people did like, but the I don't know, it sort of fell apart in this one because i'll try to do too many things at once uh, and then there was of course some the media appearances from Shaq where he called cody the cupcake and, and he cupcake. said slap the plexiglass and you know just being just being Shaq. um now but, this is a, i will criticize aew here they could have sold so many cody cupcake t-shirts uh <laughs> like literally make the yeah. man a cupcake put him on a shirt and have yeah. like Shaq be eating the cupcake like brilliant yeah. you're welcome aew i continue <laughs> to give you t-shirt ideas yeah. <laughs> um yeah look I'll, i i think overall this the build-up to this was a bit of a mess. <laughs> but yeah, as I, you said, again, would, 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 would agree, but it also, it's one of those things where it doesn't feel, because AEW is so good, I believe, at this long-form yep. storytelling, um, this was one of those things where I felt like I could turn my brain off of, for yeah. and sort of enjoy. Um, like, I wasn't, even watching the matchup, like, I'm not watching for work rate as much, mm. like, when I'm watching, no. you know, two pros in there. Mm. Mm. Uh, 
so we get to the match because that is where things get on the rails in a very quick manner. <laughs> Cody oh. comes out to the uh, out first, of course, to his his version of Kingdom that's got Snoop Dogg taking a verse in it. Now I I've completely forgotten about this whole thing, <laughs> um, but I, this is the first time we've brought it up on the. It, it's come across on the the podcast. What do mm. you think the the Snoop Dogg version of Cody's theme? It's not good. I, yeah, I, I, I think Cody needs to apologize to Snoop for even like bothering him probably on his day off and being like, you know, I'm the American nightmare, man. I need some, I need some pop. And Snoop is like, Oh, stop fucking calling me at 2am and I will come do this thing for you. <laughs> um, yeah, not my favorite, not my favorite theme. You know, uh, th- this is, this is start like sort of the beginning, a little bit of, of, of Cody going off the rails mm. And sort of, you know, you, you had mentioned uh, the phrase, the, the Cody-verse. Uh, this is sort of where Cody sort of kickstarts, or sh- should I say gets the first Infinity Stone for his Cody-verse, because <laughs> this is one of those things where it really feels very unlike and out of AEW. Um, and, you know, if he had a vision for what this company is supposed to be, it's vastly different than what anyone else, I think, understood that it should be. Um, so it's weird. I did not like that. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not, uh, there, there's a, this was one of those, uh, m- many instances where I was like, what, 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 is, what are you doing, Cody? Like, what, what are you trying to accomplish here at some point? I kind of get why he did it. Cause like, if you can get Snoop Dogg to do an entrance song for you, hell yeah, you do that. Like, of course mm-hmm. you do that. But man, putting it, bashing it up with the existing one, I would question anyone's music taste who honestly thought that that was a, a great... Like, there's no way he's listening to that song and being like, oh yeah, I'm going to play this shit when I go on a run later. Like, no, absolutely yeah. not. This is a one-time only version yeah. of this song that we will hopefully <laughs> never have to hear again. Yeah, and then Red Velvet's the second one out. I love how when she comes out, she like owns the stage, mm. but then Cody sort of comes over and has like almost whispers in her ear and you can tell that he's like saying, this is your moment. Like you're not meant to be here to steal the show, but if you pull this off, you can make yourself in this moment. Uh, And and you can see the fire in her eyes, particularly after Cody has that whisper in her ear uh, when she, when she's taking the center stage, taking the camera uh, and, and just really doing her best to steal what is going to be a match that is focused on the two people who are about to enter in, um, mm. which is of course Jade who comes out looking absolutely incredible in black and gold. She mm. has such like her presentation has been one of the great things that AEW has done in for a new wrestler in particular. I like 100% the, agree. Mm-hmm. The theme song is just feels so epic with the Mikey Ruckus guitar. And then she puts her, ring gear together Uh so well always looks absolutely spectacular everything in its place and debuts with black and gold looks looks Uh fantastic they they make her but i I feel sorry just to add on i just feel like they make her seem like a superstar like this is her first showing and they and they're telling you this this girl is going to be important pivotal part of our women's division and it it felt that way from the beginning Mm -hmm. and and then of course Shaq comes out and Shaq is the kind of big guy that makes big people look small Mm. like (laughs) if you or I stood next to Cody Rhodes we'd be like that's a big dude that's a big dude he's quite thick dwarfs Mm. Cody Rhodes Mm. (laughs) and and he dwarfs Jade Cargill you get a great picture of of jade like looking up behind this with this looming lump of man mm-hmm. while wow, he's got he's got the so big old flex oh my yeah. gosh yeah it's, it's just wonderful i i think the thing that just puts a smile thinking about it is he does um as shaq's walking into the ring he does this little like 
one of these to Cody. Yeah. And it's so just natural. Like he doesn't like, it's yeah. not over intense, like the way Benoit used to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a quick Price thing. And I'm like, yeah. and, and that's one of those like Shaq isms that I, mm-hmm. again, you cannot teach. Like, I yeah. think only he could exuberate that much charm by doing so little. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, like that little moment got me like, got got me to that point where I was like, you know what? I feel like this is going to go off very well. Because mm. there's like that little bit of fear sometimes you have when you're watching where you're like, God, I hope this does well for them. Like, because you mm. want them to succeed. You want this to excel. You want everyone to look good. I, I think that another would have been a great t-shirt, just that that Shaq pose over Jade. Oh, I was like, yeah. the two of them look awesome. They look like mm. superheroes. And that's uh, that, that's what you want to see. That's what you mm. want to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the match, of course, starts with Cody and Shaq. Of course, you start with Shaq in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've mm-hmm. got all these eyeballs on you for people who potentially are tuning in for the first time uh, to see Shaq in the ring. Of course, you start with Shaq. Um, collar and elbow tie up. Uh, Cody tries to work it with his wrestling technique, but Shaq is just too powerful. Mm-hmm. Pushes mm-hmm. Off and then gives the double biceps again. Cody then circles around the ring uh, and Shaq matches his pace circling around the ring before giving like some Muhammad Ali quick feet. Oh he yeah. Such a natural at this. <laughs> yes. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also kind of to go off of what you said, like he's also wearing these sneakers, his size 18, 19 that don't exactly match with his black ears. So it's like another thing of like Shaq is so huge and those shoes are so loud mm. and that's perfect because Shaq as a pro wrestler, of course, would wear like these very exuberant <laughs> giant Nikes on top of his gear. Um, and then watching him do the Ali little quick step is just so fun and funny uh you know big guys got moves that was the thing that he excelled at in the nba like he's a big dude but man is he quick hey he was just ahead of the curve with those shoes as well 2021 was the the year that you know discourse around basketball shoes took over (laughs) wrestling so he was just ahead of the curve (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then of course we get the you know the moment where they they get really physical and trade chops in the corner Cody gives Shaq some, you know, gives Shaq some noise, but then Shaq just slaps the absolute bejesus out of Cody's mm-hmm. chest. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then Cody runs at Shaq only to get elevated up for the, like, one of the biggest back body drops you're probably ever going to see. The match could have ended after these two spots. That's what we came for, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I was so, so happy. I mean, like, those overhand chops, uh, you know, emitted so much oh. noise from Cody's poor chest. Uh, mm. Even Shaq throwing some knees to yeah. Cody's guts. I was like, this, mm. these, uh, or his big uh, clubbing overhand to the back. Yeah. I was like, oh, he understands how to work like a big man. Yeah. Yeah, he could have dropped the elbow, pinned him there, and I've been like, you know what? I, yeah. got, I got what I needed. Thank you. Dynamite could have ended after that. And I would have been like, oh, yeah. best dynamite ever. <laughs> um, and I love, I love Bryce Remberg, Remsburg's reaction to the chops. He's like just clutching his own chest like he's yeah. been hit. So <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. We get a little bit of more offense from Shaq, as you said, the the knees and the, the big mm-hmm. clubbing blows. But then Jade tags herself in, which brings in Red Velvet. And we get to see the first back and forth between these two. Um, Jade immediately asserts herself with, uh, you know, a pump kick and posing to the hard cam. You mm. know, we, we mentioned how Sha- Shaq is a natural. This is Jade Cargill's first proper match. Mm. What a natural, like, yeah. immediate oh my goodness. point of, of wrestling on television. Yeah. I mean, understands that idea of playing to the crowd at the right moments and, 
exerting yourself as a very powerful brute force. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Red Velvet has a lot of fire, a lot of quick striking, like type of uh, arsenal in her moves. And Jade understands, like, you know, I'm the big, uh, I'm the big strong one here. Like, I this this runs at my pace. Um, even when she slows the pace down, throws on a very, very nice figure four onto onto Jade. And I was like, look, or onto Red Velvet. And I was like, look at Jade showing her her ground technique. Okay, <laughs> okay, little Jade Danielson, I see you. <laughs> um, and Red Velvet also gets some strikes in, big hook kick. This match, as we said, this was was a match that was made to feature Shaq and debut Jade as a force. But I love that Red Velvet does get to assert herself and really she takes a chunk of this match that she wasn't necessarily entitled to. Uh, What what did you think of her, firstly, her offense? Because I think this is the first time we'd seen her in AEW uh, and her performance in this match. I think her performance is truly exceptional. Like she showed that, I mean, you, you had mentioned Cody kind of amping her up, but like you see that fire throughout where she knows like I, this wasn't supposed to be me, but hell, I have this opportunity now. I'm going to take chance of it. You know, she hits this great moon, uh, moon salt spot on the outside, shows a lot of fire mm-hmm. right into the camera, like very much a let's go. And, you know, that's the type of like kind of baby face energy that you need sometimes is just being like, I'm here. I'm confident. Like, even if I have, uh, you know, uh, some sloppiness inside the ring, like I'm not going to let that deflect from the aura of Red Velvet because these things happen. It happens even with some of your pros or, uh, you know, some of your pro male wrestlers where, you know, th- sequences get a little bit off timed and things like that happen. But as long as you continue to carry the aura of your character and who mm. you are and the story of the matchup, then that's OK. I mean, that's wrestling. It's it's you know, it's live entertainment. Things mm. will happen. Um, so that's where I give her the most credit credit mm. is that even in the sequences that her and Jade had that were just a little bit not even sloppy, but not as smooth as like the hook kick or mm. um, some of the um, the ground technique transitions that mm. they had, they still were very much telling the story of like these two mm. women do not like each other and Velvet is trying her best to uh, show up and show out. Mm. And they have some really good spots. I think they probably practiced this match. I imagine in I would I would agree in the, yeah. the warehouse in Georgia. Um, at some point, there's another really good bit, moment. Of course, we mentioned the hook kick and the figure four that you you mm. brought up. There's a a really great moment where Velvet goes for a crossbody off the top. Jade catches her, rolls through, and hits a fall away slam, and then does a kip mm. up. Like. Mm-hmm. Just being able to pull out those sorts of things live TV, like this is this is high risk. They're playing, you know, they're playing on live. There's no ability for them to just sort of edit around things that might break down. But they're uh-huh. pulling it off and and they're doing it really well. Jaden and Red Velvet, they they work really well in this match. I I believe it. And like I said, they only would go on to have better matches just in singles competition. Also. Big special shout out to Jade because she has to set up the tables for the big table spot. Yeah. And you would have you would have thought that this this girl had a thousand TLC matches. Like she there was no <laughs> hesitation. She knew exactly where they yeah. were. There was no there was no um nervousness in tr- in terms of setting it up. Like they, she gets those tables set up and then they she, you know she teases sending uh, Velvet through mm-hmm. it. But you know th- that could become one of those points, especially for your first matchup, that could feel like it would kill the momentum, and yep. it really didn't. Like she gets them set up and instantly. Mm-hmm in terms of psychology sets up velvet to be sent through and i yep. just thought i know it's such a small minute detail but i thought again for her first matchup mm. um like a pro, like th- those are one of the moments where i was like oh she's a pro right from the get-go yeah absolutely uh 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Things do start to break down a bit in the match when Cody charges across the ring, um, knocking Shaq off the apron. Uh, and then the big man is hit from behind with a chair by Billy Gunn, who, of course, is at that point um, part of the Nightmare family. That sends Shaq on a rampage, which, you know, he gets Austin Gunn, gets Colton Gunn. Colton Gunn, and- oh, yeah. And, and then gets QT Marshall as well. <laughs> so lots of lots of great moments of Shaq and, just being awesome. Listen, and, oh yeah, Shaq, it, it, instant babyface moment for Shaq because yep. uh, he got he, he attacks the ass boys, and anytime someone puts their hands on QT Marshall, even if Marshall yeah. or um, even if Marshall is in the right, uh, I think people are going to start cheering. Yeah. that. like take <laughs> off that bowling shirt, man. It's it's yeah. two a.m. Jeez, <laughs> I, I love that that moment of chaos, and then of course it's it's capped off with Red Velvet hitting a big moonsault off mm-hmm. the top rope to the outside. Great spot for Velvet, makes Shaq feel dangerous. Uh, and then it goes up another, the match goes up another level when Jade gets out those tables. We get a, a giant powerbomb from Shaq with, with a little signature with the Brody Lee sort of kiss, which was just such a nice touch. Because um, this, so, yeah. this is happening in March, you know, not that long after Brody Lee had died. Uh, and it's, it's cool that Shaq even knew to do that. And then of Cody tries to slam Shaq. It, as Michael Cole would say, he didn't quite get all of it. Didn't quite get all of it. Yeah. This, uh, this was not the Hogan Andre slam that I think they yeah. wanted it to be. This was very much like, did Shaq go for a crossbody? And Cody was yeah. just like, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll gingerly place you down onto the mat. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shaq then like does the big man throws Cody off in the pinning attempt, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and then we get the final moments of the match where Velvet and Jade are sort of trading offense in the ring. Cody enters the ring to break up a pinfall attempt and then just charges at Shaq, throwing his whole body at him. Shaq standing on the apron in front of those tables. And we get to see the big man crash through the double tables with Cody Rhodes riding him all the way down. Um, back in the ring, Jade is just in complete shock at what's happened. You know, mm. we're all in shock that this has happened as well. Um, that gives Red Velvet the chance to hit a spear for a really close two. That's, of course, Brandy Rose's finisher, um, which mm-hmm. is a nice little touch. Yeah, uh, commentary commentary paid special yep. attention to it, too. They're like, oh, she yeah. hit her with uh, Brandy's uh, finisher there. Yep. Uh, and then Jade hits her finisher, the Jaded, to get the the win. What did you think of the final moments of this match? The final, I moments? Mean, final moments of this match are, uh, you know, 
and I, I want to use the term perfect in the sense of like there this match ended right when the crowd probably had peaked in yep. terms of excitement. So I feel like they didn't overstay their welcome <laughs> and they nailed all of, I think from the Shaq powerbomb, uh, it's just one of those things where each maneuver following uh, one ups it like Shaq hits the powerbomb. Uh, Cody hits his, uh, his up, his signature up punch. Yeah. The power, you know, hits the power slam, goes through the table. Uh, Jade and Velvet actually have a nice series of counters where it kind of mm. looks like they're both going for a tombstone. Um, mm. But then they're able to reverse it out. And like you said, then Jade hits the jaded. Um, so I thought that th this was the exact sequence that you wanted to mm. end this match on. Um, it was just excitement, excitement, excitement. It peaked to a crescendo and then the mm. match ended right when it was supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, it's really great. It was a fantastically minimalist performance from Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. um, he he didn't even try and like tease a crossroads or any of his signature moves, except for that, that up punch. He didn't try and do a Cody cutter. Uh, he just, he knew that he wasn't the star in this match. He was the glue that would sort of hold sort of things together at different points, but he, he knew what his role was. And that was just to make Shaq look incredible uh, and give people that moment. And then of course, create the crescendo where where Shaq goes through those tables I I did actually hear a story that um, that wasn't necessarily what they'd originally planned but they sort of pulled it on Shaq and of course once you've put it in front of him on the day of course he's not going to say no because he's yeah that's who he is his his ego will not allow him to say no to something like that oh yeah but it wasn't oh, yeah. necessarily what he agreed to originally <laughs> I uh, I also heard the story. I don't know uh, if it is true, but I could 100% believe Shaq being like, very well, wrestling it, it, to do that. <laughs> yeah, very wrestling. And also very of him to be like, well, if it's going to help the show and help people enjoy it, like I will, yeah. I will, I will, I will give the people what they want. Yeah. Um, obviously that's the one moment that uh, I think did garner a little bit of the outside attention. Mm. Um, you know, I know it got a little, like kind of that op-ed in ESPN. It was a video that circulated and did well on social media. Uh, just of Shaq going through the table specifically because, you know, that's the big moment that you could send to TMZ and to all these other clips to be like, look what they're doing over here. They're mm. sending Shaquille O'Neal through a table. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was actually – that was one of the questions I was going to ask because, of course, these matches exist um, to draw eyeballs onto the product that don't normally view it. Uh, mm. And it did pop a rating for Dynamite. It was over a million when in a time when going over a million wasn't happening every single week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not in the states, so you mentioned it got on ESPN. What were, what was the the traction like? Uh, it wasn't huge traction. Uh, yep. The thing about that is that ESPN, you know, will every now and then they'll still conduct like an interview with a WWE guy or an AEW guy, or you know, have some type of op-ed writing about something that's going on in the world of pro wrestling. So that's not like as I'd say prominent as it probably mm. used to be. Um, that's not a knock on ESPN. I think that's just mm. the way that, we, uh, we Americans ingest media now. Mm. Uh, so like it did, did it do its job? Yes. It got them the better rating. Like it, it clearly mm. showed that people did have some interest, even if you were a, I hate using the term casual viewer. Mm. Um, if that wanted to make you, cause I don't really believe there are any casual viewers anywhere anymore. <laughs> I feel like we just like what we like at this point, but mm. I do think that it did it en enough to, you know, garner the attention that it did um and I, I never expected it to be blow away like oh this will be on sports center's top 10 moments or like you know this is going to be replayed for years and years to come i didn't never expect it to be like that level i don't think anything is ever going to top like the addition of mike tyson like in that attitude mm -hmm. era of wwe when yep. he was like this absolute killer in the boxing world 
but I do think it did enough. It's kind of hard to answer the question. I feel like I'm swimming around and saying like it did and also it didn't, but that's how yeah. I feel. Like I, I think that's all you can ask for is to maybe get some, you know, big basketball fans yep. being like, oh, a new wrestling promotion. Oh, a new wrestling promotion that Shaq mm-hmm. was involved in. That's pretty cool. Even just the idea of getting the name All Elite Wrestling out there so that people just even know what it is. Even if they don't yeah. watch anything, they uh. just like, oh, there's a wrestling thing called All Elite Wrestling. And then next time they're thinking about wrestling, that might pop into their head. Who knows? Yeah. Because um, I, I, yeah. Right. Well, I just, because I think, especially if you talk to, uh, this is obviously a deeper conversation, but when you talk about, when you mention wrestling to people that aren't interested, I think their first instinct is to go, oh, you mean like WWE? Mm. I think we're starting to build to a point where people will be like, oh, like WWE, or I hear about this AEW mm. thing. I think yeah. AEW has slowly started to mm. engrave itself into popular culture, mm. like being mentioned more uh, in music. Like there's a lot of rappers that will reference AEW now, or a lot mm. of other musicians that will reference it now. Um, there was a moment on this uh, TV show Blackish where I think they talked about like a Wrestle Kingdom matchup. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like this is a major yeah. TV sitcom here in the States. Uh, and you're dropping in some New Japan like knowledge. Like, That's a deep Wrestle- cut. <laughs> yeah, it was a deep cut. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, good for that, good for them. So I, I do think that there is this like emergence, and we're slowly getting there of AEW becoming more in the conversation in wrestling popular mm. culture than just with hardcore deep rooted wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, back in the ring, um, back at back at Daly's place, it was a right. fantastic, it was a fantastic ending, I think, and and getting that moment, of course, that's that's the moment, uh-huh. um, that's the pop culture moment. They aim for it, and I think they nailed. It. I don't think they could have done anything more spectacular that would have been, you know, it would have been unsafe to do anything more. Um, with yeah. someone who's not really trained as a wrestler, so yeah, uh, I, oh yeah, I think they they handled it perfectly. But it's also that it's that you know it, it's that I the uh, the big man idea where like when yeah. you're that size, you know, it's always great to see a big man like a, your Keith Lee that's able to do all these incredibly agile mm. things. And I love and I don't want to detract from the big guys that can do that. You know, especially a guy like mm. Big Show who during his prime in WCW like was fit enough to do a moonsault. He could but was, to- but was told by Hogan, "Don't do that. You're a big man." Mm. So it, it's one of those uh, things where it showed you that Shaq did all of those things particularly well used yep. his power used his size to to get and didn't have to do much and the one the few moves that he did execute the back body drop the power bomb looked great and it's you know it's that i think that celebrity thing where when you know a guy does a hip toss oh but it's this guy doing the hip toss look how much great look how much better mm, it looks yep. these over here uh also i have to give special mention uh the, the, they have a michael myers moment here with shaq where shaq gets like stretchered out from going through the table and then they go back to mm. look at him and he's just gone oh like where did shaq go i have no idea and we still don't know because it's never been addressed shaq oh, i was going to ask be- about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in daly's place like there's just zombie shack roaming around like there's cody no one no one no one feels safe enough to tell him that cody isn't around anymore because they don't want shack to go on a shack rampage throughout throughout florida looking for him my my thought was that <laughs> this is it's very wrestling what i think they did was they knew that they'd have people watching who may not have watched before and i think they like tried to set up a hook for them that they thought, oh, if I keep watching, I might find out where Shaq's gone. Of course, exactly. they never had any intention of paying that off. 
It's very, like, very, very cardy thing to do. But I suspect that might be what they were trying to do there. <laughs> I 100%. I mean, it's very much a, oh, where is she? I mean, listen, next week they should continue with the where is Shaq yep. storyline. And That'll... maybe he's, like, deep in the Himalayas, like, training for another matchup, just punching tree bark with his fingers and strangling <laughs> Wolverines as he gets ready to make his run as a... Listen, I also sillily said this, but, you know, I was one of those weird trollers that as soon as the match was over, I tweeted, like, guys, hear me out. TNT champion Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, like, give, right. give, give me a, give me a, give me a week run. Just give me a week run and just to see what happens. <laughs> the Shaq Open Challenge. I mean, this writes itself, Sam. You know what yep. I mean? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's possible with this ambulance that maybe just didn't fit into the ambulance. <laughs> very um, much. I, very much so. I, I, lo- I love the idea of the Shaq Open Challenge. Actually, <laughs> it does bring up my next. It does bring up my next question. Um, yes. We've had a few different celebrity involvements in in AEW. this is probably the biggest one in terms of like celebrity and what in terms of what they got the celebrity to do we did have mike tyson show up uh-huh. um, we had snoop dogg accompany cody rhodes he did a frog splash um, uh, best frog splash you've ever seen move over eddie guerrero there's a new <laughs> there's a new king of the splash yeah. <laughs> we had rosario dawson jumping the rail um uh-huh. of course at one point against with malachi blackfeud and uh, the american top team shenanigans as well which is uh-huh. is so kind of celebrity adjacent, I'd almost call it. Um, are there any other celebrities that you'd like to see in AEW? And like, what are the chances? Uh, what What would you book for them to do if they were to show up? You know, I'm going to play this card because I, I am such a deep rooted basketball fan. So I don't know if you would know this. So Shaq's show NBA on TNT features him and another NBA legend, Charles Barkley. Um, who actually did a great interview recently where he praised Moxley for like taking that time to enter mm. the uh, alcohol treatment program. And uh, it was actually like said some really nice things about like how he had someone that had been involved with alcohol, a brother, I believe that couldn't get mm. along and, you know, revealed that he's this big wrestling fan that he loves Moxley. And like, mm. he was obviously watching and was there when Shaq was promoting this tag team match. Charles Barkley is another guy that like, he has such a personality and was a great player mm didn't win as many titles as Shaq did, which they consistently argue about on the show. (laughs) Uh, So I'm waiting for like, dare I say, I I would love to see like a Shaq and Mm. Charles Barkley, like tag team, just a one-off. Oh my Um, gosh. To a point, point, because like they are just, you know, they are, um, geez. Would you put them against the Young Bucks? Put him against the young. I would put him against the young bugs. Oh my god! It's it's like this very weird. Like this is a silly comparison, but in terms of wrestling, it's like this Triple H Shawn Michaels friendship where like they love each other, but they you know they're gonna push each other and butt heads to be the best. So like even while you know you could sell this entire tag matches, can Shaq and Chuck coexist? Like will this (laughs) will this be able to work? But I just think that he's the type of guy too because he's also a big guy. He also has such charm and such personality, and because he knows knows exactly who he is and isn't going to filter himself the same way Shaq does it. I think that could uh, really translate well into the wrestling world. Mm. And I do think that it would be kind of fun to see that kind of go mm. down. Yep. Even if you end up doing a Charles Barkley versus Shaq match on AEW, geez, where did we go? Um, so I was going to say, I was going to say him, how about you? Would you have any other celebrities you would want to bring in? Yeah, look, I was thinking like, just wild pie in the sky. Who are who are there people out there that they could try and potentially snag? You know, Tony Khan's got a lot of money, so maybe he could yeah. just, you know open open loosen the purse strings a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and of course, there are some that have been involved with WWE in the past, and I tried to avoid those. The guy that I settled on, 
and it's got a bit of an Aussie flavor to it because, of course, it does. <laughs> the guy that I settled on that I thought would be um, incredible to see would be Chris Hemsworth. Oh, because yeah. Think about it. Like, he is hilarious. He's charismatic. Mm. He looks great. Like, he is, yeah. he, he's well known for being someone who keeps himself in incredible shape. He oh, played yeah. Thor. Uh, like, I don't know. It would it's probably never going to happen. I don't think it would ever happen. Listen, I don't know if a he's prayer a circle. fan or anything, but. <laughs> Prayers, prayer circle, let's let it happen. I mean, I think you probably know this too, but he was slotted to play Hulk Hogan in this Netflix movie about Hogan that may oh, never see really? the light of day. Yes, he would, wow. had been picked and had talked about. That would um, be brilliant casting, actually. He, he, he had talked about, um, you know, uh, putting on all this extra weight and like really, or, or pounds, as I believe he refers to it, you know, trying to get to a certain uh, weight limit to have the physique, which he said the training regimen to become Hulk Hogan was almost harder than his training regimen to become Thor. Um, I don't know if this movie will ever see the light of day. It's one of those movies that will has like lived in limbo, but also consistently gets like pretty good press about it. Mm. Um, so I think Chris Hemsworth would be an excellent mm. choice. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think aside from his mainstream appeal from like the Avengers movie, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think yeah. he's proven that he can be intense and hilarious yeah. at any chance that he's given it. Um, you know, and you, you put him in the ring with, uh, uh, you know, put him in the ring with like a Marco stunt and let him throw in like 10 roses <laughs> to the audience. That would be fantastic. I, th- I, think, I think people would eat that up. I was, I was thinking Team Taz because I'd love oh, to see. Yeah the Taz promos uh and and of course he he could mix it with Ricky Starks even mm. if he if, if they wanted they could put him against powerhouse Hobbs I'm not sure if you know what that would what that would look like or if mm. he would be able to do that but that that's just my thought anyway <laughs> I, I listen you you put sky. you put that put you put Thor next to Hook man that just that's printing <laughs> money on its own yes. because he could just be like I don't know who this scrappy little fellow is here uh <laughs> he doesn't even say anything all he does is eat chips and then uh you know let let them go at it for for 60 minutes to a draw <laughs> now just to contextualize this match historically as I said we've we've seen lots of other uh, lots of other celebrity matches in the past. Where do you think this this rates compared to other celebrity matches that they that have been going on out there in WWE particularly, but also I'm thinking like All In as well. Yeah, uh, I rank this pretty high. I mean, yep. I, I in my mind again, there's probably some bias because I'm a big you know I love the NBA. I'm a big shot. I have two tattoos. Mm. I have a, a Michael Jordan ta- or I have three tattoos, but yep. I have a I have my Pentagon Cerro Miedo tattoo, and then I have my uh, Michael Jordan tattoo. Basketball has been very important to me in my life, um, mm. and it's uh, been something that I follow as deeply as I follow pro wrestling. So there's my bias there. I've always loved Shaq. I've always loved Shaq as a performer and as an athlete. Um, and I think he just did everything that he was supposed to do in sense of, um, you know, when you look at the match, as I you know, we talked about the rating that it was given and the work rate and all those things. Mm. But what this match was supposed to do was build up Red Velvet and Jade Cargill and give us a big OMG moment. We got the big OMG moment. Like I said, Jade Cargill is very much a superstar now in the women's division. And Red mm. Velvet is, is it continues to only rise from this occasion. Mm. So this job got everything done, which is why I would call it not only a success, but one of the better matches because mm. it achieved what it was supposed to. The same way that I would say that the Bad Bunny WrestleMania match last year mm. achieved what it was supposed to do because it gave a great rub to Damian Priest. And it gave mm. us some of these great OMG moments. You know, and there's been so many celebrities – Uh, Like you said, celebrity matches and times that celebrities have gotten involved. But at what cost? Like, what did it actually help accomplish in the long run? There are times where a celebrity got involved and it didn't really do much. 
you know, hmm. uh, in, se- in sense of telling the bigger story or giving the rub to, to somebody. So that's why I hold this celebrity match uh, to a high bar because um, it was as professional of a wrestling match as you can mm. see from someone that's not in the industry. Yeah, I, I sent out a Twitter thing last night, a tweet last night, uh, and it just said, what are your favorite celebrity wrestling matches? Um, what are the best right. celebrity wrestling matches of all time? Uh, and, and there's a lot of love for... Um, Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah, of course, yeah. oh, headliner yeah. WrestleMania. Um, thinking about headliners of WrestleMania, of course, you've also got uh, Mr. T back uh-huh. in WrestleMania one, tagging with uh, Hulk Hogan, Hogan against Roddy Piper. Piper and uh, Orndorff, yeah, oh yep, yeah, yep. Uh, and of course, you mentioned Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. That seems to be the consensus pick for like best quality, um, whatever right. that means. But I'd also chuck in in that category Stephen Amell versus Christopher Daniels, um, young boy Some from Holland. Keeping It mm-hmm. Strong style. Mm. rides for that one the one that my i don't know my personal pick actually i should also mention uh, adam cole versus pat mcafee oh uh, yeah oh yeah uh and, and depending when this one goes to air this this uh episode goes to air we may see another pat mcafee match as well oh yeah oh um, yeah against who knows who <laughs> also uh-huh. my my personal pick and my favorite is the big show versus floyd mayweather oh uh, yeah oh yeah got it's almost like a role reversal of this match where Big Show is is the big guy and you've just got this like annoying little mosquito. But uh-huh. I loved how they set it up with a sense of real life potential conflict in how they broke Big Show's nose. Yeah. Uh, and and man, what a what a thing for Show to to give to Floyd Mayweather, like to allow mm-hmm. him to do that to him. And and then of course when they've got this actual match, you you just want Show to be able to get his hands on this little fella, but this little guy is so slippery uh, and has so many goons and is so cunning that he's able to avoid Show for the majority of the match. So I, mm-hmm. I love that match personally. I love that match too. Yeah. I think it's a great it's a great example of the celebrity bringing uh, a great example of celebrity bringing so many extra eyes. Now, yes, that's yeah. a WrestleMania compared to the Shaq match, which is just on an episode of TV, but I think people really like will overlook how prominent that show angle was with Floyd Mayweather um, and how, especially that was at a point when Floyd Mayweather was, you know, probably in his peak popularity in the, mm. in the boxing world, because he was still competing, still yep. undefeated, retired undefeated eventually. Uh, or aside from his weird exhibition mm. bout with Logan Paul, which doesn't count nothing. The Paul brothers do <laughs> counts. Um, but it's just that sense of like that, uh, that that job that was another thing where the job was successfully done mm. um, in terms of what it was supposed to do. Uh, and there, you know, the, the Mr. T from WrestleMania one is great. Mm. I think WrestleMania yep. two, we may have bit off more than we can chew uh, <laughs> when, he, when he was working with Piper in that one, because um, that was not like one of the better no. celebrity. <laughs> but as long as it gets the job done, you know, mm. as long as it's it, it does what it set out to do. Um, and I, you know, I understand why show wants to have this match with Shaq and hopefully it happens now under the AEW banner, because I do think that those two could spark magic from each mm. other. I yep. do think seeing the way Shaq worked, I think he'll easily fit into um, Paul White's wheelhouse where they could just trade mm. slaps for five minutes. And I think people yep. will be pretty ent- entertained. By <laughs> these two big, thick, hunky meat boys yep. just trade trading back a few slapjacks. Um, the LT match, I, I, you know, I grew up in New York. I'm a big New York Giants fans. Lawrence Taylor is like the God of New York Giants fans. Um, I always thought that that match against Bam Bam Bigelow was wonderful. 
Um, I'm going to be one of those wrestling fans that's like, well, I still I still feel like they should have had one of their guys probably be in the main event of WrestleMania. But, you know, Lawrence Taylor is one of those guys who's, who was bigger than the sport of football and mm. at that time was bigger than the sport of wrestling. So I understand why you um, why you th- why you throw him that bone yep. and let him headline your yeah. bigger show. Absolutely. Now, last thing, I think we've agreed this is a fantastic is a triumph of performance from all four people involved this match um you've got that as i said that minimalistic performance from cody being the glue you've got jade who who is set up to steal the show and it's almost like a rug pull it's like we'll get people here for for Uh shack but we're actually here for jade Uh Uh, and then of course you've got red velvet looking to just grab off all that she can and and she, i wouldn't say she steals the show but she asserts herself in it um and and i came out of this match thinking man red velvet and jay cargill they could be career rivals after this you yeah. know in, in four years time when jade's running running rampant over the top of the women's division as aw champion at some point mm-hmm. putting her against red velvet they've got a lot of history to go back on now but one thing I wanted to to say, just to contextualize this as well, within the, the full history of AEW, was this was kind of the first example we got of Cody Rhodes really being off in a world of his own. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, he would go to be part of the Revolution ladder match in, in the week after this one. Uh-huh. Uh, but but this was really him off in his own world in what became known as the Cody-verse. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and given that that's the first, this is the first real example of that, uh, of course, this comes after his ten, his second TNT title run. You know, he's not interacting with other stars. He's sort of doing his own thing. It's not really in the wheelhouse of what AEW's done before. What What were your thoughts on Cody Rhodes in 2021 in AEW? I mean, listen, I love Cody Rhodes. You mm. know, this this company doesn't exist without his leadership mm. and without his and without his charisma and without his star drawing ability that he built very much up on his own after leaving WWE in 2016. I have this constant argument with myself where I don't know if Cody is a genius or sometimes <laughs> or sometimes falling upwards because there seems yeah. so many points where he is very plugged into what the people want. I don't understand why, you know, and I think that it was very brave of him, very noble of him to do this angle where he takes himself out of the world title picture. Mm. 100% understand. I still don't understand why that means he took himself away from marquee matchups and marquee Mm. feuds that people would 100% want to see. But there just seemed to be a sense of, you know, I talked about reaching the peak and being able to unplug from something. In my eyes, that Malachi Black feud peaked after Black beat him the second time. Cody tried the second time, couldn't do it. That third match where he gets his win back didn't really do anything for me, and I don't really think it did anything for Cody, and I don't really think it did Mm. anything for Black. Um, I liked Cody Mm. winning back the TNT title and then dropping again to Guevara. Like, I thought that was good, Mm. and he did a great job at elevating that. But I don't know what the long plan there was, you know, like mm. it was it just to give him another accolade to be the first and only three time champion in the promotion. It leaves me with more questions rather than I'm enjoying mm. what you're doing, um, because he I think he still you know knows how to tell a story in a ring. Um, mm. He does a great you know, he really, really did such a fantastic job in this tag match mm. at being able to step aside and let all these other people shine mm. while, while also getting his own moments. Mm. Um but there were there's just a lot of questionable things about Cody that mm. as a as a fan, as someone that has supported him and has even spoken to him during press runs, uh, who's always been very kind to the wrestling press mm. and has always been um, very well versed and, you know, very down to earth and being able to talk to you about this beautiful sport. Uh, it still leaves me like 
you know, I don't want to say uninterested, but uneasy. Like yeah. there are so many, there's so many things I'm, I'm sure you could agree. There were so many times where it felt like Cody was on track to being able to change certain perceptions of what mm-hmm. a heel baby face tweener was. And again, I thought it was some brilliant work with the way that he would dress up like one of the characters from the boys who also has this weird conception of what he is in this storyline. Mm. Again, I'm like, Cody is either five paces ahead or he's playing mm. battleship and everyone else is playing chess. Mm. Um, it's you know, it's, and it's rather frustrating, but I was admittingly going to say that I haven't missed him since mm. he's been gone now. That doesn't mean I wouldn't love to see Cody jump in and start feuding with some big names. Mm. Um, you know, he did this, Here's an example, if we, ha- if we have the time to talk about it really quick. He does this big promo before the Guevara ladder match where he talks about CM Punk and he talks about how he became all the things that Punk said he was going to become mm. and all this. But it didn't really make sense to me. This promo got like both a lot of praise and a lot of flack. Mm. And I was more on the side with flack where like you have, you're, I don't know what direction you're trying to face. Mm. Like you keep trying to shoot all of these rockets out, mm. but I don't know how this is telling like a linear storyline in your character build. Like it's all over the place. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt about Cody in 2021 was it was very scattered, very all over the place, very points of, wow, this dude is a megastar to this dude is kind of not reading the room correctly. Mm. Yeah. That, that sums up my thoughts as well. Like sometimes in 2021, I was just like, mate, what are you doing? Mm. (laughs) What's going on here? Um, You know, I thought he would have been a fantastic, for some reason he just never, he never interacted with the top guys after yeah. that, after that program with Jericho. Like I, I thought he would have been the perfect opponent for hangman um, mm. to get him psyched up for, or get him ready to face Kenny again, because yeah. they've got so much history. There's history with the elite. Um, he would have been the, per- but Cody was, as I said, off in the Cody verse, not interacting yeah. with other stars. And yeah, as you said, that program, that, that promo you mentioned, it was like he was trying to, I mean, and it's possible he was trying to like remind TK because they're in negotiations at that point. Right. Remind right. TK about like what money there is on the table if he stays around. But, you know, doing that while you're supposedly in a feud with Semi Guevara, it's like you're just aiming at too much at some points. And, but at other points, you know, you're like, wow, what he's doing is brilliant. The first, the Malachi, the first Malachi black match that, uh-huh. that was so good. Uh, and it felt, I was like, oh, Cody's back. Cody returned to form for Cody. We're, yes. we're back on the road again. Things yeah. are, things, the ship's righted after that weird, you know, that weird period. But the the proof is in the pudding, really, that like yeah. that, that he hasn't been missed on Dynamite since he left. You know, they had <laughs> their two biggest two, their two biggest pay per views of all time, All Out last year, and mm-hmm. now Revolution 2022. No Cody match. Um, no Cody. No, no Cody match. There's also yeah. been like a comforting pace to dynamite now because sometimes his things would come in and feel so disjointed that it Mm. sort of messed up the flow of what the show was Mm. and i feel like they haven't really had that issue since he's been Mm. gone and that's not to say i hope he doesn't come back or i hope um god no you know or 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 i hope that or i don't still see value in him in in aew Mm. but it it, it really does you know like you said the proof is in the pudding and Mm. i love pudding but this yeah. <laughs> pudding has been tasting. This pudding has been tasting a a, a lot creamier and a lot less yep. crunchy since he has uh, <laughs> um, unplugged himself from his 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 weird Cody verses. Yep. Yeah. Look, Joey, that's all the questions I've got for you. Um, I I do appreciate your time here today. 
did you have anything else you wanted to add about this match, um, about the, the Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Cody and Brandy Rhodes? Oh, sorry, Listen, Cody, I, and, Cody and Red Velvet, before before we get going today. Before we get going, Sam, I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show. It's uh, one of my favorite pro wrestling podcasts that's out there right now. I, I Like I said, I think the uh, – and I look forward because there's just going to be tons and tons more of fantastic AEW mm. matches and storylines that we'll get to sink our teeth into – so thank you, not only that, but for also indulging me what I said. I'd love to talk about this Shaq match <laughs> um, because uh, I'm just going to repeat myself. We have to remember that as, as great of storytellers mm. uh, that AEW are and as um, emotionally resonant as sometimes their characters can be, you know, like I mentioned, Nettie Kingston, like this dude could bring a tear to your eye at any moment because he is just so real. He is the basis of what makes pro wrestling great, whereas, you know, people say, it's scripted and it's fake. Yes, obviously, schmucks. We know that. Same mm. same thing with Game of Thrones. But also, there's nothing fake about going into an arena full of people and them cheering you and wanting you to win. Mm. There's nothing fake about that. That connection mm. is real. With that said, sometimes we have to remember that this is a silly, silly business that's supposed to be fun. <laughs> and I just had – I just – when I think about the fun aspects of pro wrestling, I thought about this matchup. Yeah. Like, and I thought about what makes wrestling great and fun and it's things like this. Mm. Um, so yeah, thank you again for letting me just talk about the, and again, TNT champion Shaq, it's going to happen. It will happen. It should happen. <laughs> Bring it on. Okay. There's too much, there's too much, you know, we talk about Hobbs and Wardlow and Keith Lee, man, if Shaq was in that face of the revolution ladder match, it, like no, nothing's following it. Six well, they've stars. needed a ladder to get that thing down. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just jump. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping for the Shaq ricochet spot where he like b- bounces off the ropes and does an 840, lands directly on his feet, and then sings in a higher pitch than Keith Lee does. I know he's got it in you, Shaq. You bring it out, Diesel. <laughs> um, and Joey, where can the good people find you? Hey, man, you can find all of my uh, coverage and uh, interviews at Wrestling Headlines and WrestlingHeadlines.com or the Wrestling Headlines YouTube channel. I just spoke with the champ champ, the virtuosa, Diana Perrazzo. Um, we had a great conversation there, so please check that out. And please continue to listen to my man Sam's uh, Match Guide podcast because it is one of the very, very best. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joey. Uh, as the good people know, you can find me on Twitter, Sir underscore Samuel. If you want to talk about this match, tell us what your favorite celebrity matches are uh, and why. And tell us what you thought of this match as well. Thank you very much for spending this time with me, Joey. And thank you to the good people out there for listening. I really appreciate it. And of course, you can catch this uh, podcast every week here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. If you enjoy what you've listened to, you can rate and review it. We'd really appreciate if you did that. That really helps out other people being able to find the podcast. Uh, And if you do like what we do, you can support us. You can donate to us uh, on redcircle.com.au. There'll be a link in the description of the podcast if you'd like to do that. Um, You can do a one-time donation or set it up for a regular donation if you want to. And that just helps us, you know, pay for hosting, pay for equipment. Equipment, all those sorts of things. Uh, it's nothing that's, you know, <laughs> really, you know, buying Lamborghinis for us or anything like that, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe down the line, who knows, if we get this thing pumping hard enough. Uh, but look, as I said, thank you, Joey, for your time today. And thank you for listening. I can't wait to see you all again next week on the AW Match Guide podcast. See you then. Thanks for listening to the AEW Match Guide podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then you can subscribe on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. 
Also, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel. I'd love to hear from you. The AEW Match Guide Podcast is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find many other fantastic podcasts discussing not just AEW, but all parts of the world of professional wrestling. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. I'm Sam Brown.